Hey everybody, this is Tyler and Jay, and you're listening to Hometown Jams After Hours, the podcast that dives deeper behind the scenes into the activity behind Hometown Jams' shows and exclusive interviews with the artists you see on stage. Today, we're talking with Katie Offerman, who was recently named to both CMT's Listen Up Class of 2023 and Pandora's Artist to Watch in 2023. So we'll discuss with her how her... Uh, 2023 might be a little busy year. I think it's going to be kind of busy, but I love it. And um, here we go. I know. I'm so glad to be here. Thanks for having me, by the way. Absolutely. Um, yeah, we've, we're already a couple days in um, of being on tour, and we're going to be gone the whole month of February with Parker McCollum. So it's just it's already starting to be a busy year. I'm like, I don't even know what city the I'm Texas in. The Texas heat. Like, you and Parker. I saw you on stage with Parker, and I'm like, wow. I love the Texas movement. I love it. I love it. So I love I'm it. so happy He's you're a part a of it. He's a good Texas guy. Yeah. Um, Corey Kent on that tour and I actually think I don't is Corey from Oklahoma I feel uh, like he sure. seems like a Texas boy but I actually think he he's like from a, Oklahoma yeah. he's gonna have it in him by the time so, he's done with you guys right, right. yeah so I'm like I'm kind of judging him for not being a Texan mm-hmm. um, but no it's gonna be really fun uh, just a good group of folks so we're gonna have a good time so is this true that I read that you joined a, a polka band when you were just 11 years old yeah. can you explain like how yeah, um, that's a great question. I actually was playing music my whole life. I just always loved playing instruments. And, um, you know, I started with piano, played guitar, um, played fiddle, played mandolin. And then I asked my parents, can I play accordion? And they're like, all right, let's do it. So they got me accordion. I started taking from this guy. And I was playing fiddle at the same time. And he was like, hey, I actually just lost my fiddle player in my band, and he's middle-aged, you know. Wow. Um, and I'm like ten. He's like, "How do you how do you play?" I'm like, "I don't know. I just started." <laughs> and so he's like, "Well, bring your fiddle next time to your lesson." And long story short, I started playing fiddle in his polka band. And um, yeah, I was homeschooled, only child, played in a polka band. You can imagine wildly popular (laughs) Um, yeah just honestly a great experience Um, I don't think you could ever duplicate that experience you know in somebody else's life like I don't think that's a typical upbringing. But has it counted um, for you, Katie? Like it's just it's work for me. Like it's it's something so cool. I like. I would never change that part of my life. And I kind of my life motto is like I never want to be above a polka gig. You know? Yeah, like, that's I, what a great attitude yeah. wise. Just everything. Awesome. Like I need to be down to go back to like where I, what I grew up doing. So, so awesome. if we would have you for a polka band here, would you come? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I mean, maybe I get up for one song. You know? Um, it's funny because like my husband did not grow up listening to polka music. And so I took him to his first polka show a couple weeks ago or a month ago. Batman Christmas. It's already been a little while. And um, and we, we went out. And he's like, oh, this is just so fun. Like, yeah. he just loved it. It just seems like this whole other world, you know. Um, but, no, I'm thankful for it. And it got me to where I am today, you know. So after, you know, joining the polka at 11, I saw you went to a Berkeley School of Music in Boston at 16 and then graduated yes, at 19. I did. Is that correct? That is yeah. right. In three years. Yeah, it actually started at college before that. I was super young. I went to a couple colleges in Texas, and I got my like um, liberal arts classes done. Wow. And was playing with this guy at the time in Texas, doing kind of like Texas country stuff. And he was like, hey, I got this flyer for some school Berkeley up in Boston, and I don't want to go. And uh, maybe you can go. And it was like all about their summer camps. And wow. so I just on a whim was like, I'm going to go to summer camp for like a, it's like a week-long camp thing. And I went, and it just seemed like a really cool fit. And um, they talked to me about maybe trying to figure out a scholarship. And um, 
And I was like, this seems different than Texas. Like, let's try this. I'm kind of a free spirit. Yeah. So if there's something, a place I haven't been or someone I haven't tried, I'm kind of interested. Um, and so I went up there and it was such a cool experience. Did I loved it. Did you move there? Did your, did I read your, did your dad move yeah. there? <laughs> I love that this is public information yeah. that like my dad is just like following me around the country. Yeah. Um, yeah. My mom was like, bye, you know, mm. and my dad was like, I'm coming too. So, yeah. I mean, my parents were together. Um, it was just more my dad couldn't let yeah. go. And only I think child. he was, uh, yeah, <laughs> the only child thing. And I think just me being young and homeschooled um, and, and my dad homeschooled yes. me. So yeah. I think we had that That's kind of bond great. of him being That's like, oh, like I'm worried about her kind of thing. Mm. Um, I mean, I'm such a tame human being that there's really nothing to worry about me. It's like he's worried about everybody else. But it was a fun adventure. He'd come up there. He'd be biking around Boston. He'd pick me up. Well, not on the bike, but he'd be like, come on, baby, let's go get some Thai food. And, we, you know, we'd meet up for dinner every night. Yeah, so, that's so good. Cool. when I look back now, those are really fond memories. You Wonderful. Know? So. And now, was music what you wanted to do your whole life? Or were you trying to be like, on television? <laughs> Well, the interesting thing was, I always say, like, music found me. Um, I never had to pick music. Um, I did dabble in some other things. Um, I moved out to L.A. for a couple years because I was working with this manager for music. Um, But he did a lot of TV stuff, and so that kind of shifted the focus of, like, Mm. hey, maybe we could put you as a host on a show, and then your music could be the soundtrack throughout. And so it got me in TV hosting classes and acting classes and different things like that. Um, which honestly, like that was such a great time in my life. I moved out there after I graduated college. So it was like the bonus years of my life. So I learned, I learned a bunch of stuff and I learned what I was, what I wasn't. And then I kind of took all that information. and was like, you know what? I think I need to go back to my roots, you know, doing what I love. I was doing country music out there, but everything was very poppy and it was like very track based. And it was like, that wasn't authentic to me. Yeah. What I grew up doing in Texas and playing instruments and just loving genuine music um so i kind of just said screw it i think i need to go back out to nashville um and Mm. so i remember i mean as far as your question of have you always wanted to do music i definitely have there was a point out there where i was unsure because i think you know when you get excited about an opportunity you put all your eggs in that basket and you think oh my gosh this is it and then when you get out there and it doesn't happen you kind of question like was it never meant to happen all along or you know so I had moments where I was like, I think I'm going to go to dermatology school. I think I'm going to go to, you know, maybe I should work in like a, some kind of food magazine thing. I love to cook. Mm-hmm. Um, and then it was like, no, oh, I'd wake up the next day and be like, God, I'm such an idiot. Wow. Like, no, I'm not doing that. Like music has always, always been music. So um, I moved out to Nashville and within a week it was like, I was so emotionally reassured that I was in the place That's I was wonderful. supposed to be, you know? Nashville's obviously just community-wise, and maybe you've seen this since you've lived there, but, like, it's just everybody really... Very, like, friendly. Yeah, totally is. I mean, we're all competitive, but, like, for the most part, like, everybody really does want to help, you know, and I think that's really comforting and Now, was it hard making that move from L.A. to Nashville? Because, if I'm not mistaken, you had a boyfriend in L.A. that you broke up with before you moved to Nashville? Did that play a role? After I moved to Nashville, well, I moved to Nashville and kind of like my I okay I say move lightly because my plan was to go out there for like a couple months and kind of mm-hmm. go back and forth and do like a yeah. a transitional period you know and I um I got to Nashville and like I said in a week it was like man I feel like I had more friends in a week than I did in three years in LA oh, yeah. um I mean it's just 
seems like in LA everybody kind of wants something from you and sometimes it feels like there's some ulterior motives and and it's so expensive out there I mean it's beautiful yeah. and I love it food's amazing I definitely just gotten comfortable and so I went out to, to Nashville and I just realized like this is where I'm meant to be I broke up with my boyfriend I went back got my dog Drove cross, That's cross a country. song right there. I know, I know. I went back and got exactly. my dog. Exactly. The most important thing in life, your your sure. dog. Um, went back out there, got my dog, my Kia, and I drove with my mom cross country to Nashville, and that was home from now six and a half years. So, so can I ask you a question, Katie? So it sounded it. like uh, you kind of gave us a little bit of a hint because when we were read your bio... We would see that in L.A. there were some opportunities that would have excited a lot of people. Yeah. But for whatever reason, you just felt like whatever what the, that package was going to lead to wasn't what was in your heart. Yeah. So that led you maybe back to Nashville to search for what you kind of knew was already a route anyway. You just needed totally. reassurance. Yeah. I think that so the last year, basically, I moved out to LA to work with this manager, Simon Fuller, who created American Idol. And there was a lot wow. of, I mean, the first couple months I was out there, you know, it was just like those wild things. You have to keep in mind, like, I'm from small town, Texas. Yeah. Not like teeny town, but like it's a small, New Raffles is small compared to some big cities. And, um, and all I knew was kind of just my little home base and country yeah. music or whatever. And then I go to Boston and my world starts to expand a little bit. <laughs> and then I moved out to L.A. and it was like all these big promises. Um, mm. And, I mean, I was having lunch at Steven Spielberg's beach Crazy. home in, Crazy. in Malibu and meeting with Simon. And, like, these famous people are coming and you're like, oh, my God, I'm getting picked up yeah. in black cars. And you think your world has just like happened. Yeah. You think you've yeah. arrived, you know? Yeah. I remember like sitting on the phone with my mom and being like, oh my gosh, it's happening. And I was actually the farthest from it ever sure. happening in my life, wow, that's you know? So, wow. Um, and so, um, I stopped working with Simon. I mean, uh, amazing human being. It was just like, you know, I need to figure out what I yeah. wanted. He wasn't going to be able to, he's too, he's too big to be on the ground with me helping him figure out what I need. And so, um, so I said, look, I got to figure out what I'm doing. I was kind of having like a 20 year old life crisis. Remember night, maybe I was, yeah, I was like 20 at this time and, um, maybe 21. And I called up a friend of mine in New York, a publisher and just said, line me up something. I need to go somewhere. I need to do something different. And I went to Sweden and Denmark and wrote for like six weeks and just, just like went on a like yeah. soul searching adventure. Soul searching yeah. songwriting sabbatical. It's just me, just like showing up to like <laughs> meeting different people like y'all every day. And yeah, they would, that's actually really they, cool. Some yeah, of them wouldn't really crazy. speak English. Yeah, that is so and, awesome. Um, it was awesome. And so at the end of that, I had all these songs that were recorded. And I think what it was for me is that was such a great. It was almost like a musical detox experience. Wow. But those songs weren't necessarily songs that were still meant for me. But when I came back yeah. to L.A., um, you know, I was still looking for something. And I got offered a record deal from Sony on those songs. And I think that I was torn. It was like, do I move to Nashville or do I take this record deal? <laughs> right. It seems like it has some dollar signs, but it wow. is not ultimately what could make me happy long term wow. you know and so I was like I'm gonna be stuck here wearing 
God knows what on the stage, singing songs I hate, or this, or the songs are never going to come out. I'm going to be stuck in this. That's even worse. And you're how old, Katie? I'm sorry. I don't mean to like interrupt you. Like 21? Like mentally, though, you're like, you, you're like thinking like a... Th- 37-year-old I mean, with, with a financial portfolio. You're, right. you're so mature for decisions. 21 right, years old. At 21, you just want to sign up for what uh, exactly. seems Especially fun. Especially living in LA, yeah. too. It's just like, oh, yeah. it's a dream right there. Everything seems so dreamy. And I think there was some part of me that just went back to, you know what? In Texas, yeah. you play a gig, you do a good job, they call you back. You drive <laughs> across Texas, you play another gig, you do a good job, and they call you back. Yeah. There's no like huge promises. It's just like yeah, the blood, real. sweat, and tears of yeah. real hard work. Yeah. And I was tired of promises. I was tired of dollar signs. I was yeah. tired of, you know, we can make you into this, or you'll yeah. get on this show. And because um, some of those things just don't happen and maybe they do but it's like will you be happy so I was I mean I'm not gonna lie I was like semi-depressed for like three weeks and like cried every day I was just like what am I doing with my life and then I moved to Nashville and um and it was just like honestly just like a sign of you are where you're supposed to be and then the real work started it was like how do I start writing better songs how do I get back to just making music where I'm sitting with a guitar and I like what I'm doing, yeah. you know. Or an accordion. So, yeah, or accordion. <laughs> it's broke right now, so I'm uh, just leaving it broke. That way I don't have to play it. So <laughs> it's in the closet. Um, but, yeah, just just such an adventure. I mean, there's no straightforward path. Everybody's got their own That's story. Right. And, That's you know, great advice, though. And I think that maybe some of us love this job, this profession, because there are unknowns. Yeah. There is always that chance, Yeah. you know. Wonderful. So. And then... What was it you got so you got a publishing publishing deal first yep. and then a record deal yep. could you explain to our listeners like yeah what that's the important was? I think yeah. I mean I personally know what it is but totally. I don't think many people don't so I had been in town maybe two years oh, almost two years and um, a publishing deal because even my mom and um, <laughs> my mother-in-law asked me this question all the time like remind me what a publishing deal yeah. is and I like try to break it all down. Mm-hmm. I mean, in the simplest terms, like publishing is songwriting and having a record deal is like your artist career. I'm signed as an artist writer to my publishing deal because obviously the rights are revolved around how do we get my songs for my record. It's not like, you know, there's there's writer friends of mine that are signed there and they're just writers and they're just there to help. Keith Urban write hits or Jordan Davis or whoever. Mm-hmm. Um, and so the focus, you know, around me is just like, how can we get Katie in the room with certain songwriters, either top songwriters, songwriters that she writes really well with to ultimately make her, um, her project and build her record. So that's kind of the, you know, the goal of writing and that I see that in the category of, I guess, like that's that's kind of like your day job. That's what pays the bills, right? And awesome. then your the label is like, you know, the land of opportunity of like who knows what will happen. Sure. And um, you know, you definitely sign away some of your life when you sign up for a record deal. So you sign away some freedom. You definitely give away control, um, but there's that possibility of the what ifs, you know, they can help you get to radio. Yeah. Unlike I can do by myself, you know, and, um, got to get the music out there. So for me, it was worth taking that chance and universal records is amazing. Um, it just so happened that I'm at universal publishing and universal records. 
I was just going to say. Just all in the like, family. Literally all in the family. So yeah. Do they feel like home to you when they came to you instead of like Sony, for example? Totally. I had had a couple label offers and same with publishing. I had several and I just knew like it, it just boils down to the people like every company. I mean, Warner, Sony, they're all great companies. I'm a huge fan of Universal. I mean, George Strait's on there. Hmm. Casey Musgraves, Eric wow. Church, um, Jordan Davis, uh, Brothers Osborne. Powerhouse. There's just so yeah. many. Um, Some of them who were writers when they started yes, out, right? That's what I love. Totally. Yeah. Yep. Um, you know, and they're just, they are so true to their craft and they're amazing musicians and songwriters and, um, you know, just so musical. Chris wow. Stapleton. Um, I mean, I love George Strait. So, I don't know. It's just, it's a, it's a really cool label. A lot of musical stuff. And I think that Universal... Maybe more than any other label in town, sometimes is more willing to take a chance on something that's a little out of the box. Like Eric Church, you know, of wasn't course. really wasn't really down the middle, <laughs> great, you yeah. know. And so, um, I think that's what's cool about wow. them. And um, I think it just lined up with my goals. And we've just been working on putting out music and finally taking a song to radio in May. So I'm debuting it at CRS in Nashville at the Ryman in March. Wow. So it's going to be fun. It's just like a, you should come. You yeah. should totally come. To. Yeah. March 14th, midday. I'll be, I'll, so yeah. I'll be there. Yeah. It's going to be fun. So I know we got like the shows coming up, so I'll let you go. after. No, this. you're good. Last question. What can fans expect from you being you're on tour at Parker in February? I know you're at Tortuga in April. Yep. And then you're releasing new music in May, like you just said. Yep. So is there an album coming, an EP, or give us some spill the tea? We, we <laughs> spill the tea. I'm looking at twisted tea hard ice yeah. tea. I'm like, oh, so much tea. Um, some of that is in the works. Some of that I'm figuring out the answers as well. Um, I mean, I can tell you that radio song coming out in May, um, it's going to be teased up before that. So we'll kind of have an idea what's coming. Um, there will be, right now we're trying to decide there's going to be an EP or a record. Right. I think we've got a lot of songs. And so okay. I think we're trying to figure out how many tunes we're going to release at one time. you got a good problem. Um, yeah, <laughs> a really it's, good it's problem. a good problem to have. I'm like, we got a lot of songs. And so we had been planning on um, putting out an EP um, I think it was going to be like a six song. So that's kind of been our tentative plan, but we may not make it into a record. You know, it's the, people's attention spans are so much shorter these days. And that's yeah. the hard part. I grew up listening to records. Mm-hmm. So I also have to kind of shift my mindset and see yeah. like, all right, what is making sense right now? And so a lot of it, I think depends on how the radio song goes. Okay. Um, so we're kind of looking far ahead, but also seeing how each step along the way sets us up for the next step. So, We'll see. In the meantime, I mean, just as many shows as I can. I'm playing in London uh, for awesome. C2C in March, which is going to be a blast. Yeah. Um, I think just, you know, more opportunities to get to know me and my music and me to get to know fans and um, and just start building that connection more. Give us a little sneak peek of, of the song. Is it like a love song? Will we hear song? it tonight? Will it, I mean, You just yeah. may if you're With lucky. No- <laughs> if you're lucky. Mysterious. Um, you know what? <laughs> it's heartbreak. Yeah. Oh. So very relatable to everyone. Um, <laughs> yeah. I mean, man, if you haven't had your heart broken, I think you must be doing something wrong. Yeah, you're not I living. I mean, you're loving. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, you're not living. Yeah. Um. I, all right. I'll just say this: you're gonna be like so confused when I first played it for my mom, or when I told her the title, she thought it was about murder. Wow. Oh, I love uh, it. Whoa. But 
All right, we're gonna um, be on the we're gonna be on the listen out. So tonight. that sounds a little dark. It, it, it's uh, yeah. Heart, I just think y'all should listen murder. to it. Heart, yeah. <laughs> I mean, you know, uh, heartbreak hurts more than almost anything in the world. Yeah. So um, yeah. I just I think it's something that everybody can relate to, and um, yeah, we'll see we'll see if I dig it out tonight. Awesome. Let's see so what the vibe before is. Before you go. Yeah. Let's tell your fans your socials where they can keep up with oh, all your new yeah. music. Uh, it's just at Katie Offerman, C-A-T-I-E-O-F-F-E-R-M-A-N. Uh, German last name. My spelling is not traditional of Katie. My full name is Caitlin, but my parents have not once called me that. So I'm like, <laughs> why did we name me that? I don't know. Um, Instagram, TikTok, Facebook. I'm on Spotify, Pandora, Apple, Amazon, all the places. Um, and it's just all under my first and last name. Awesome. So... Pretty straightforward. Thank you for coming. And thanks for having time with me. Us. Yeah. Oh, that was a great conversation. Coffee, yeah. Well, thanks for just digging into my past and having yeah. me, and I'm just pumped for tonight. I can't believe it's all public knowledge, too. <laughs> Is that a good or bad thing? I don't no, know. No, it was yeah. wonderful. Oh, I think it's thank great. You. So and thank now you so I have a new friend in Nashville. Absolutely. So. March 14th. I'll I be there. See you at the Ryman. Absolutely. All right. Until yeah. next time, guys.